Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. The smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. everyone and welcome back to Money Girl. I'm Laura Adams. I've been hosting this podcast since 2008 and I'm the author of several books including my Amazon number one new release, Debt-Free Blueprint, How to Get Out of Debt and Build a Financial Life You Love. And I am thrilled to tell you that the audiobook version is finally out for sale. Took a little longer to get it up and running in Audible than I expected, but it is there. So if you are an Audible member, I hope you'll use a credit to download the book. And even if you're not a member, you can definitely purchase the book there. It's really easy to do. So check it out at audible.com. And also, if you're interested in getting the audiobook for free in exchange for submitting a review, an honest review, I would love to help you. I think I've got 25 promo code. So send me an email at lauradadams.com on my contact page. Let me know you're interested in potentially being a reviewer of the audiobook, and I will send you a promo code to get it for free. At the end of 2017, you may remember the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was signed into law, and it made a lot of pretty high-profile changes, such as reducing the corporate tax rate and increasing the standard deduction for individuals. In this podcast, I'm going to cover one of the lesser-known modifications to the tax law, that every American who works from home should know. Beginning with the 2018 tax year, fewer taxpayers can claim the home office deduction. And this is something that is changing my taxes this year, or rather for last year as I begin to prepare them. I'm going to explain the basics of this tax deduction and explain who is still eligible to claim it and how you claim your deduction if you've got a home office. All of that is coming up in today's show, podcast number 578, Tips to Cut Taxes When You Work from a Home Office. I want to start out with a question that I've received from several of you. It is, should you invest your emergency funds or keep cash? And I think this question has come up a lot more lately because of the government shutdown and all the people who were living paycheck to paycheck who were caught without any additional reserve cash to get them through this really hard time. So I feel very sympathetic for all of the folks who have been missing their paychecks, and I'm glad that it looks like things are going to get back to normal soon. Hopefully they will. But 
you know, the emergency fund is so important and many, many people are living paycheck to paycheck. So if that's you, I hope that you will give some extra focus to building an emergency fund this year. So let's talk about why you have it. Of course, the purpose of saving money is to keep it safe and free from risk so that you'll have it for emergencies when you need it. So again, the purpose of saving is to keep it safe. That's different from the purpose of investing money. You invest money to help it grow so you can increase your net worth and achieve long-term goals like retirement. So you've got a trade-off always between financial risk and return. Investing money means you put it at more risk, but you could get relatively high returns. But it means that you could lose some or all of it. And that's not what you want to happen with your savings. You want your savings to be in an FDIC-insured savings account or even a money market deposit account so that it is there it's going to maintain its balance or grow slightly no matter what happens in the markets. And again, you're not going to earn much money, but that's not the point of your emergency fund. So even though savings accounts pay a very low interest rate that may not even keep up with inflation, that's just the price that you pay for keeping money completely safe. So again, the goal is to make sure you always have enough on hand to protect yourself from an unexpected emergency, like a government shutdown or losing your job or losing your business income. The purpose of that emergency fund is not to earn high rates of return or be subject to market volatility. I always recommend keeping at least three months worth of living expenses in that FDIC insured account or a money market savings deposit. And if you have more than that, you can consider investing amounts above that three to six month threshold. I have a very healthy emergency savings, so I keep part of it in an FDIC insured bank account. But I also have emergency money that I invest, albeit very, very conservatively, that is totally separate from my retirement savings. So again, you have to think about what the money is to be used for. That determines what you do with it. So if you're wondering if you should be investing your emergency savings, in most cases, the answer is no, unless you've got, I would say, at least six months, maybe even up to 12 months worth of your living expenses. You've got no business investing that money. You need to keep it safe so it'll be there when you need it. All right, let's get on to how tax reform has changed the home office deduction. And this is something that I look at every year because I work from home. I work from home as a self-employed person, but my husband also works at home as an employee for a, a large company. So before tax reform, the home office deduction was available to anyone who maintained a dedicated space in their home that was used solely and exclusively for business purposes. And the majority of people claiming the deduction were self-employed, people who ran their own businesses from home. But the bad news is that tax reform eliminated the home office deduction for employees because it takes away the ability to claim miscellaneous itemized deductions. And workers used to be able to include home office deductions in this category of miscellaneous itemized deductions. And you would put that on Schedule A and file that with your tax return, and that would allow you to deduct an amount that exceeded 2% of your adjusted gross income. So you couldn't deduct 
every expense, but you could deduct a percentage of your allowable deductions if you were an employee working at home. So let me give you an example. If you earned $100,000 and let's say you had $5,000 in unreimbursed job expenses, you could deduct $3,000, which would be the amount over 2% of your income. So if you paid an average tax rate of 20%, that deduction would have saved you $600 in taxes. So it's not a huge savings, but it's something. Now, while it's true that the standard deduction under tax reform has gone up, it's nearly doubled to $12,000 for single taxpayers and $24,000 for joint filers. If you're an employee who pays a significant amount of job-related expenses out of your pocket, you may not come out ahead under tax reform. So you might consider asking your company for ways to offset the costs that you pay to be successful in your job, especially if you maintain a home office that's for their convenience. You know, if you're buying a lot of office supplies or you had to install, let's say, a special phone line or something like that for the home office and you're an employee. So again, the takeaway is that for employees, If you work from home, you are no longer allowed to claim a home office deduction starting with the tax year 2018. So if you've grown accustomed to writing off a variety of expenses related to your job, like my husband was, they are no longer allowed. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion. And they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So let's talk about who is eligible for the home office deduction after tax reform. You've learned that if you're an employee who works from home, either because you want to work from home or because your company wants you to work from your home, 
you no longer get any kind of tax break for it. But the good news is that if you're self-employed, you are eligible for the home office tax deduction. So I get to take the tax deduction this year because I'm self-employed, but my husband does not because he is an employee. If you're a freelancer, you do contract work, you run a small business, you can still claim the deduction. So you're going to claim it on Schedule C, which is the tax form called Profit or Loss from Business, just like you did before tax reform. The home office deduction is available for any self-employed person, whether your venture is full-time, part-time, no matter if you rent your home that you work from or you own your home, you can claim it no matter if you live and work in a a home, a condo, apartment, co-op, mobile home, or even on a liveaboard boat. You don't need to have a business license or even a tax ID number to claim valid home office deductions when you're self-employed. But there are two basic requirements that you and your office must meet to be eligible for the deduction. The first one is called exclusive use. This requires you to use a certain part of your home or your apartment on a consistent basis for business. For instance, you might choose to work from a guest room, a detached garage, or any identifiable space. If you live in a small place like a studio apartment, you could literally just have a desk that qualifies as your office. You don't need walls to separate your office, but it should just be a distinct area within your home. And the only exception to this exclusive use rule is when you use a part of your home for business storage or as a daycare facility. In those two situations, you actually get to deduct the entire spaces that you use, even if they're also used for personal purposes. The second rule is called the principal place of business. So this requires you to show that your home is the main place where you conduct business. However, it doesn't have to be the only place you work or the only place you meet customers. For instance, you might also work at a coffee shop, at a co-working space, or even meet clients in their homes from time to time. As I mentioned, your business can be part-time. If you've got a full-time job at another company, like a day job, and then you work on your business from home in the evenings or weekends, you're still qualified for the deduction if you meet these two requirements. So let's talk about how you actually calculate the home office tax deduction. If you qualify for it and you've never taken it, you're probably wondering how much you can claim and how much money it can save you. Well, the deduction you receive depends on the type of calculation method that you choose and the types of expenses you have. The IRS allows you to choose between two calculation methods, and you get to pick the one that gives you the largest tax break for any year, and you can go back and forth. It's not like you have to pick one and stick with it forever. You can calculate it both ways every year and then just choose the method that saves you the most. So the first method is the original method, and it's called the standard home office deduction. This method actually requires you to do a little math. You've got to determine the percentage of your home that is used for business. So you do that by calculating or getting the square footage of your area that's used for business, and you divide that by the square footage of your entire home. For example, if your home office is a guest bedroom that's 12 feet by 10 feet, that's 120 square feet that you're using for your business. 
Let's say your entire home is 1,200 square feet. So dividing 120 by 1,200 gives you a home office space that's 10% of your home. So that means that 10% of the qualifying expenses of your home can be attributed to business use, and the remaining 90% would be personal use. So if your monthly power bill is 200 bucks and 10% of your home qualifies for business, you can consider $20 of the bill a business expense. And to claim a standard deduction, you're going to use Form 8829 called Expenses for Business Use of Your Home. And I'll put a link to that, of course, in the notes for the show. They'll be in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. That's the form you use to figure out the expenses that you can deduct, and then you file it with Schedule C. All right, the second way that you can calculate a home office deduction when you're self-employed is called the simplified home office deduction. This method allows you to claim $5 per square foot of your office area up to a maximum of 300 square feet. So it's like this flat amount and it caps out. That caps your deduction at $1,500. So 300 square feet by $5 per year would be a maximum deduction of $1,500. So if your office is larger than 300 square feet, you're going to come out ahead by using the standard method instead. The simplified method really is simple because you don't have to do any record keeping. You just measure the space and then include it on Schedule C. The simplified method really works best if you have a very small home office, and the standard method is better when your office takes up a larger portion of your home. And again, if you're not sure which is best, do both. Just calculate both to find out which one would save you the most in taxes or ask your accountant to do it like I do. But one thing to remember is that no matter which tax calculation method you choose for your home office, you cannot deduct more expenses than the amount of your home-based business's gross income. So if your income from the business is less than your expenses, your deduction for certain home office expenses will be limited. When your qualified deductions are greater than your income, you can carry over the excess to the next tax year. So again, it can get a little complicated, and this is why I definitely recommend using an accountant to help you, at least perhaps the first year you do a home office deduction. So let's talk about which types of expenses you actually get to deduct when you have a home-based business. So if you run your business from home, claiming the home office deduction is a really smart way to make certain personal expenses partially deductible. Some of those everyday costs that you have to run your home they turn into business write-offs. So there are two types of expenses that you'll need to track if you want to claim the standard home office deduction. And you can break it down to direct and indirect expenses. For direct expenses, these are the expenses that are for your office only. So let's say that you start a side business like giving music lessons in your home or selling items on eBay. If you create an office in your spare bedroom with a piano where you give music lessons or that's where you sell your items and you improve it, maybe you paint that room or you install carpet in it or you install window treatments, those are direct expenses and they're 100% deductible no matter the size of the office. 
where you need to calculate a percentage of expenses are for indirect expenses. These are the expenses that are for your entire home. You're going to have these expenses even if you did not have a home office. For example, they might include your mortgage interest payments, property taxes, your rent, insurance, maintenance, cleaning, utilities, garbage disposal, a security system. These are all things that you would have regardless of whether your business was run for home, from home or from a separate office. They're partially deductible based on the size of your office as a percentage of your home. Another issue comes up when you've got expenses that are completely unrelated to your home office, such as remodeling in other parts of your home or maybe like adding a pool. If they don't have anything to do with your office, they're never deductible, okay? So you could say, well, my power bill is partly deductible because I'm powering my home office, but you can't say, well, I'm installing a pool and that has to do with my home office. Those are never deductible if they have nothing to do with your home business. And you typically cannot deduct exterior expenses like yard work or gardening, even if you regularly see clients or vendors where you live in your home office. So the amount you can claim as a home office deduction depends on the type of calculation method you use and the types of expenses you have. If you're a homeowner, taking the home office deduction gets a little more complicated because only a portion of your mortgage payment is deductible. You can't deduct the principal portion. That's the amount you borrowed for the home. Instead, you're allowed to recover a portion of the cost of your home each year through depreciation deductions using formulas created by the IRS. You can claim mortgage interest, property taxes, home insurance, and depreciation as an indirect expense. And remember that even if you don't run a business from home, you can deduct your mortgage interest and property taxes as part of the mortgage interest tax deduction if you itemize on Schedule A. However, it's likely that you would come out ahead by claiming a portion of those expenses for your business instead if you do run a business from home. And of course, if you do run a business, you've got even more deductible expenses. Business expenses that are unrelated to your home office are fully deductible no matter where you run your business when you're self-employed. So those might be things like legal advice, uh, you know, a computer, office supplies, business insurance. So how you deduct a business expense and how much of it is tax deductible depends on whether it benefits your just your business, such as a computer or software, whether it benefits just your office in your home only, such as carpeting or paint in that area, or your entire home such as power and water. As you can tell, claiming tax deductions on your home office and your business can get complicated. Instead of running in the dark, I want you to reach out to a qualified tax accountant who can help you make the most of your potential tax deductions every year, especially when you work from home, especially if you have a business. This is something I do. I would never do my own taxes. It's just too complicated. I own real estate. I own businesses. And it's well worth the time and money to seek advice to make sure that your business will be successful. If you'd like to get a weekly update from me, please visit lauradadams.com or text GET UPDATES 
to the number 33444. Again, get updates with no space. I send out a short email filled with tips, tools, and resources that I think you might enjoy. Send your money questions by leaving a voice message at 302-364-0308 or by sending an email through my contact page at lauradadams.com. And I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram at lauradadams. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from the lovely Biana Santora. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That's an easy, free way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.